0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Ask a Lutheran Pastor. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on those running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zensalo. It's my honor to serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon.
1: And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this Ask a Lutheran Pastor thing came from me. <laughs> when i was working and asking a coworker for some podcast topics because we could use a few new fresh podcast topics why because we're coming up on our 100th episode which is very exciting very exciting so i was asking podcast topics doesn't necessarily have to be religious yep. but if you had a chance to ask a lutheran pastor what would you ask so this is her question are you ready ready If I'm not baptized, does God still listen to me when I pray? Because you know we all kind of do that, that prayer in your head thing. Uh Uh-huh. So she was wondering, because she's not baptized, when she does that, does he listen or not, or does he put her on mute? Oh. I know. That's a
0: harsh concept. Oh. All right. This is a great question. And I think it's a really it's a much deeper question than people might think because mm-hmm. it gets into a whole bunch of insider outsider, who belongs, who doesn't belong, and understanding of salvation and all of that. I will give you a little more background, please. She posed this question because
1: though she's not baptized, she ended up at a Catholic school for much of her elementary education.
0: Mmm. Mm-hmm. There's your background. And so couldn't take the sacrament, couldn't participate in activities with her peers Mm -hmm. because she's not baptized. Mm -hmm. So it really does get into some of this exclusionary stuff and is difficult. All right. So my answer as a progressive evangelical Lutheran Church in America pastor in Oregon Mm -hmm. in Portland, Mm -hmm. in 2017. How many more caveats are you going to throw at me? (laughs) Context. Okay. Context matters. Of course, God listens. Mm -hmm. Of course, God would never put anyone on mute. Excellent. That's my shorthand response. Okay. And so let's then dig into that. Why did I need to give all those caveats? Please. Why did I need to say all those things? So... I don't even remember where I started, but let's start with ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. In our denomination, we lean on grace. And And by that you mean? By that we mean that it is not about what we do. It is about what God does that makes us worthy or good or worth listening to or any of those things. You can't buy your way. Correct. Either by wealth or by acts. Correct. Okay. You can't buy your way into God's love. You can't buy your way into God's attention. Or heaven. Or heaven. And so that really kind of plays into this for me in the understanding that it's not about our actions. Okay. It's not about going to a church and having water and word used in order for God to suddenly take notice of you. It's not like you've been under the radar and don't exist until a pastor drops some water on you and says magic words, and like, suddenly there's a spotlight. And suddenly, ta da! Like I'm thinking of uh, Cerebrus in X Men, <laughs> and like <laughs> how sure. Professor X like can see the different images of the different X Men. It's not like that at all. You don't suddenly show up on Cerebrus because you have you been know, baptized. Have been baptized. I believe that God knit you together in your mother's womb, that God knew you from before creation, and that God has loved you and seen you as good from every moment of every day of your being, and that no action that we take is going to change God's attitude toward you. Okay. Now, I'm going to say progressive- Because this definitely leans toward the progressive side, meaning that...
1: So are you saying
0: there's still some non-progressive ELCA Lutheran churches? Yes.
1: Okay. There are
0: more conservative congregations in the ELCA across the country. And they would believe that someone would be heard praying, but they would exclude that individual from being a part of the Christian denomination, Okay, and a non-Baptized individual may not come to the table to receive communion. I was going to say, what benefits are we talking about here? So, as a baptized Christian, okay, what this means for folks who are curious and only know like what you've seen out in secular world, mm-hmm. baptism is it's a sacrament mm-hmm. in the ELCA, which means that Jesus told us to do it. Okay, and there is an earthly element to it, something that we can touch, taste, smell, something real and tangible. In this case, water. In this case, water. So Jesus, in the end of the Gospel of Matthew, says, Go, therefore, and baptize all nations in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So because of that command of Jesus and the element of water, we have a sacrament. And what that means is that we experience the grace, love, and mercy of God in a tangible way— through this action, okay, is that starting to make sense? Kind it of? is.
1: Plus, I'm gonna put out a reminder to everybody that we did a podcast on baptisms themselves, which you are more than welcome to go re-listen to if you need.
0: There you go, and you can find those on our website. Um, you can find them on iTunes CentralPortland.org. You can find it, you know, back in the deep of the podcast blog, but it's probably easiest to find it
1: on iTunes. On
0: iTunes because they have all of the episodes listed. And you can just listen there. As much as we don't love the fact that we can't tell that you've listened no, when you go. We have no, no idea. ITunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. A review would be lovely. We would love to know you exist. But truly, you know, if you go back and listen to that, we talked a lot about what baptism is and how it happens. The and nuts and bolts and the nuts and and nitty-gritty. Bowls. Okay. So with baptism, then when we receive this action, when we experience this thing that we can Feel and we can hear, we experience the love of God in that. And for Lutherans, we only have two sacraments it's baptism and communion. And Mm -hmm. we, we did another podcast on the sacrament of communion. Again, you can go back and listen to that. In our denomination, there are conversations happening at the national level around the topic of something called radical hospitality. Oh, okay. And what radical hospitality is, is Practices in many congregations, particularly on the coasts, definitely here in Oregon, where in our invitation to participate in communion, we say, all are welcome. Don't have to be baptized. Precisely. Okay. That is a major shift in polity.
1: Yeah, it is. Definitely a major shift from what I grew up with being Catholic, right? That's not happening.
0: And... Even within our denomination, that's a major shift. I would believe that there are a lot of people who would push back on that. Absolutely, there are. And even in our own state, there are congregations that still have all baptized individuals are welcome. Mm -hmm. In my own 12 years in ministry, this shift has happened.
1: Well, I believe that because even when I was a kid, having grown up Catholic, going to any Lutheran church church, with my then-boyfriend's family,
0: Mm -hmm. I was astounded that you were going to take anybody who'd been baptized. That was radical to me. Right? Because in many traditions, you have to be baptized their flavor. Sure. So for Roman Catholics, they need to be baptized Roman Catholic in order to receive Catholic communion. So for a denomination like ours, to say that we welcome any baptized Christian, so if you've had a baptism anywhere in any denomination, we would welcome you. That's been the policy of the ELCA for a very long time. Mm -hmm. This shift toward anyone is welcome, regardless of baptism, has been a very recent shift. And it's a shift that is concerning enough to different congregations and pastors and other ecclesial, which is the fancy word for church, head, oh, state kind of people-ish. Uh-huh for ecclesial people, it's upsetting enough that there's a national conversation about this in our denomination and whether we should be allowing this or whether they need to put the kibosh on it. And so we here at Central, we practice this radical hospitality. Mm -hmm. We welcome anyone to come forward to receive communion. And how does this get back to, does God hear us when we pray if we're not baptized? Well. It's this conversation around inclusion versus exclusion. Oh, sure. It's, all, it's another piece of the puzzle, basically. Exactly. If we think that God may not listen to the prayer of the unbaptized, mm-hmm. why would God feed the unbaptized? Mm-hmm. Why would God give the unbaptized gifts? Why would God call the unbaptized? Right. If it takes baptism to recognize you as a child of God— then are all of God's gifts withheld from you until that day? And then take that the step farther. If you're not recognized by God, if you're not baptized, then what happens if you die and you have not been baptized? Mm, This is a very real fear for many people. Huge fear and terrifying. And it's a big deal. And especially for young parents Mm -hmm. with infants and premature infants.
1: And I'm going to say grandparents whose grandchildren in this day, in this particular part of the country, may not be baptized. Yep.
0: Absolutely. And so my response as a progressive Uh ELCA Lutheran in Oregon in the year 2017 Because we are in a place and a time and a space where I can say these things and I'm not going to get brought up on charges and I'm not going to have my ordination sanctioned or any of the, you know, be brought up defrocked. I mean, you could get defrocked for some of this stuff if you were Missouri Senate. Oh, sure. Absolutely, you could get defrocked for that. So I have all the luck and the privilege to get to say that, Baptism is critical. Baptism is really, really important, and it's a sacrament, and it's beautiful, and I love it. And God loves you no matter what.
1: Well, I for one hope that never gets taken away with whatever decisions they decide to make in the higher-ups of the church because that's just too beautiful of a sentiment in this day and age of so much division— and tearing of relationships. We need a little coming together.
0: And the grace that comes from that, Mm -hmm. just the openness and the welcome. For myself, it really mattered when I was contemplating being baptized and choosing my denomination. At the end of the book that I was reading, it was a seeker's manual. And at the end of the book, what I remember... I have to wonder sometimes if it's actually there or if this is just what I remember. <laughs> go back and check, or right? Does not want to. I haven't. I haven't found a copy of the book, so like I haven't seen it anywhere. Huh. But what I recall was that it said, "You know, go back and read the basics of these things. If you believe these things and they sound right to you, then welcome, and you found your place." and if you have not, then may God's blessings continue to be with you as you find your home and your space. Not, well, you're screwed and you're going Good to hell. Luck. Good luck. Good <laughs> I hate to be sex with you. Right? Like, it was just this graceful
1: response. It's and, the word continue that makes all the difference in that statement.
0: Right? And to me, that's why I could join this denomination. If it had been exclusionary, I wouldn't have joined. Because I don't believe in a God who's exclusionary. And so I chose this denomination because of its inclusionariness. Is that a word? Inclusionariness? It is now. It is now. And so I totally believe that God hears the prayers of the unbaptized. I totally believe that the unbaptized can receive just as powerful an experience at communion as the baptized. I totally 100% believe that someone who has not been baptized is welcomed home into the saints in light when they die. I do not believe that God would ever allow the lack of a human ritual to stop God from welcoming home a child who has been lost in this world.
1: That is not the person that I'm going to spend my energy believing in.
0: Right? hmm Like a God who's that much of a jerk, who's like, mm, sorry, no three drops of water and no pastor saying Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. No, it's thanks. It's a bummer. <laughs> That's not my God. No. My God is a God that loves extravagantly and overwhelmingly. And the God that I believe in and that I preach and teach is a God who absolutely listens and loves and welcomes home. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that I think that baptism isn't important. Mm -hmm. The most important day of my life was the day that I was baptized. And I didn't have communion before I was baptized. I never did have communion before I was baptized. Did you welcome having the choice to be baptized? Or would you feel differently if you'd been baptized as a baby? I have no idea. Since it was my path was to not be baptized as an infant and to make the choice as an adult. So I can't but contemplate. But no hesitation baptizing babies. No hesitation baptizing <laughs> okay. babies, right? Uh, like I joyfully baptize infants. And I think that wherever baptism happens in a person's life is exactly when it should be happening. Okay. And I honestly think that when people choose to begin taking communion, that that is exactly when it should happen although it was awesome for me to never have taken communion until the day that I was baptized Mm -hmm. and that was important to me personally, I have given communion to many people who I knew were not baptized and saw how that sacrament fed them and led them to the font. For me, I was led to the table through the font For many other people, I have led them to the font through the table. I see the Holy Spirit at work in all of that. Okay. And I'm not going to limit the actions of the Holy Spirit by saying no to someone and excluding them from the table just because they haven't yet made it to the font.
1: Okay. I got a question for you. All right. So with this completely and utterly open attitude, Mm. Is there any pushback that you feel for the people who are praying to the God, any God, even if they're not baptized, just as a, what are you doing praying if you don't believe and aren't baptized?
0: Does that make sense? Do you mean, do I think that someone who's just praying to something that's bigger than them and doesn't have a specific religion or denomination or an idea, do I think that their prayer still gets heard? Is that the question? Yeah, we can start there. Yes. Okay. I think it does get heard. Okay. And to
1: the people out there who are like, well, I'm going to get baptized in all the religions just to hedge my bets and make sure that I'm loved by whatever God happens to be winning in the end. All right. That one
0: makes me kind of itchy. Okay. (laughs) Which is funny. Here's why. I believe in one baptism. Okay. I believe that you only need to be baptized once for it to work. And you don't care who, you're, who baptizes Correct, whom? because it's not about the people doing the action. Okay. If it was about whether or not, as the pastor, if it was whether or not I was worthy that said whether or not that child received the love of God, then we're all screwed. <laughs> <Okay>. Right. <laughs> right? I don't think that baptism has anything to do with us. Okay. I think it is 100% God's grace and power that comes and says you are loved and I affirm how much I love you and adore you and water is going to be the symbol for you of my love for you and you will be surrounded by it throughout your lifetime and it has zero to do with if it's done in a tub or if it's done with a squirt gun, squirt gun <laughs> or a medical dripper or gallons of water or grams of water I don't think it matters any of that matters. Because I think God works through in spite of And it us. can be Hindu, Presbyterian, Episcopal Christian. Christian. So not Hindu. I would okay. say I mean this is a Christian act. Baptism is a Christian act. Okay. And so if we're talking about baptism, we're talking specifically about a Christian act. I don't think it matters denominationally at all. Now okay. there are many other denominations that would disagree. Okay. There are many non-denominational congregations that you are rebaptized, And mm. I'm like flinching as I'm saying this. You are rebaptized when you join their congregation in order to prove that you have accepted Jesus. I find that incredibly offensive because then it pulls towards our actions being the ones that make the difference. Well, sure, you're proving something. Right. You're proving something. You're showing that you did the right thing. It's like trying to buy your way in again, Mm -hmm. where the first baptism really was enough to prove that God loves you no matter what. You don't need another one. Okay. You can affirm your baptism five million times. Like Mm -hmm. every drop of water that falls on your body, you can affirm your baptism, but you're not being re-baptized. Okay. And so that's where I would say like... Yeah, you could run to like every denomination and go ahead and jump in some tanks and let them hit you with their squirt gun and all kinds of things. Like You could totally do that, but you really only needed the one. Mm -hmm. And all the others are just affirming it. Okay, then last question. Have you been asked this question before? Not directly specifically this, but the concern about being unbaptized and whether or not God... Loves, knows, and holds someone absolutely. Yeah, you know. In the last week, I did a funeral for a 17-year-old young man who was not baptized, mm-hmm. and it made zero difference to me. The difference it made is in what I said, okay, and how I phrased things. But where I think this young man's future resurrected being is it it made no difference to me you know god is god loved that young man and there's nothing that's going to stop god from loving that young man and that moment of well will you do a funeral for an unbaptized child right well yes of course
1: and again i'm guessing that's not typical
0: I don't know. I think in Portland, Oregon, it could be. Okay. Right? I think that there are lots of folks here in the area. I think it would have been a much harder sticking point for a lot of other places. Sure. And in even more non-denominational conservative places, I think that they would have felt the need to bring that up or to talk about that during the service in order to help others to accept Jesus and come to the baptismal font and be saved. And so I think that because of our theology, because we believe that it's about God's actions and not our actions, it allows us that opportunity to be that place of grace. Fantastic.
1: Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to answer a question asked of a Lutheran pastor. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic and another question.
0: As do I. And I hope that those who are listening out there will send us some questions. You can send them to us at podcast at centralportland.org via email. Or you can post them up on our Facebook page. Or leave us a review on iTunes and pop your question in the review. Maybe it'll make it into one of our podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. And until we are back in your ears again, remember... God loves you, no matter what.